Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Who You Lovin' with me, Rachel Campbell. And me, Corey Dilliston. This week we're talking about Summer Essentials, a game of Name That Tune and what we're hating. Who you loving? By Corey and Rachel for all of your throwbacks and recommendations. So we have a bit of a secret. We do. <laughs> uh, this is the season finale, which we meant to tell everybody last week, but we forgot. Uh, or I've... the last episode. Um, we meant to actually pre-warn you and say just FYI this is the penultimate episode of the season and then uh, we didn't so <laughs> surprise I've actually surprise. just noticed the surprise bitch. <laughs> like title on our like the subject on our recording does say season finale so season finale yeah so um so yeah, yeah we're not going away forever absolutely not there's no getting rid of us that easy but we're <laughs> gonna have a little summer break just because we we got stuff to do hot girl summer <laughs> hot girl summer here we are um, so we're just gonna take we're gonna take a little breather and we will be back but um this is our finale episode but for that reason I am and I haven't actually told Corey this so this is just very nice in this life but um I'm gonna just let us record and if it's a little bit longer than usual great you've got something to chew on for a wee while while we're gone <laughs> Um, now I will obviously edit out any F and I'm blind and obviously, um, which I always do. Um, but um, if it's a little bit longer, this episode, that's why. So if you've just clicked in and this is like an hour and a half long and you're like, Jesus, these two are getting worse every week. Um, we're not. We're it's actually doing let us favor. Let us yeah. have it. <laughs> let, let us, us have our finale. <laughs> so um, let's get started. Oh. Also, one more thing. We have mixed up the end of the podcast, but we'll get to it when we get to it. We keep that as a surprise as well. Um, so oh, yeah, yeah, I'm we'll excited start- for that. <laughs> so we'll start off with our usual recommendations and we're going to start off with reading. So what were you reading this week, Corey? So finally, I've this has been on my list for ages. Um, I think we spoke actually briefly about it before. Maybe not on here. Um, the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. I read it. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I did this not know that. Keep, <laughs> this is why we keep our recommendations away from each other, so we get a genuine reaction. Yeah, yeah did I you read, read it? it. I read it, it before this. Obviously, I'm going to say this is going to sound very poetic. I read it in winter because all I remember is that I I read well. I read it and I listened to it. I read it as an audiobook, and I remember it must have been when I was in my last job because it was like winter. It was like dark, and I was driving in in the morning time. And like when I started my new job, I started working from home and stuff. So it wouldn't have been where I am now. So probably right. last year around like, say, October, November, maybe. Oh, OK. Well, then let's open the floor. It's oh, my gosh. Club. I'm so excited. Now, hopefully I'll remember uh, everything that. But I think I gave it five stars on Goodreads. I really liked it. Loved it. Yes. Yeah. So tell me, tell I me about really it. Pretend enjoyed I really enjoyed it. Pretend I didn't just ruin it for you. <laughs> so, okay. So, not at all. Um, I also thought it was new. It's just maybe been in circulation a lot recently. It was out in 2017. I think she, so Taylor Jenkins Reid, isn't that the author? 
Yeah. So she, um, I read a couple of other books by her as well, but she also wrote um, a new book recently called Malibu Rising. And I've seen well, that a lot. also everywhere. Yeah. That's been everywhere. So maybe that's, maybe because people are discovering the author and then maybe going back and reading other books by her. Yeah, I, and I've seen I've seen another one of hers, Daisy Jones and the Six. That's yes. I've seen that a few times. Yeah, I so. started it and didn't get into put. I might give it another go because people rave about it. Yeah, De- I would definitely read something else of hers. I loved Evelyn Hugo. I thought it was just I I was just captivated from the beginning. I was uh-huh. like so convinced, and I was looking through some of the Goodreads stuff as well, and it was like it or like the reviews and stuff, and they were like. It's actually hard to forget that, you know, it's not a real memoir, almost. So tell tell us what the actual story is. The premise of the story. So we have Evelyn Hugo, who is this, what's the word, like enigmatic um, Hollywood superstar icon. So she's Mm -hmm. now like approaching her 80s, I think, or in her 80s. Um, and hasn't done am I right in saying she like hasn't done an interview yes. or, or spoken publicly in mm-hmm. years everyone had to because you're we're talking like like if the equivalent of Marilyn Monroe were still alive yeah it's, it's that level of like fame like she's made all the movies back in the day and now she's just so famous she can just sit back on her millions exactly yeah and she basically requests to be interviewed by this um like younger early 30s isn't Monique this Mm -hmm. like who's who's just like she works for a pub more I feel like my memory is now like she works for is it is it a newspaper she works for or is it like a magazine company or well she works anyway in journalism and but she's like low on the hierarchy of the place Uh and then everyone's like god why'd she request you and you know her boss is like okay you can you can go and do the interview on these conditions I want you to get this I want you to give us that and blah 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 and the the author or the the woman in question Monique she's like she's equally as confused as to why she was the chosen one but she's like yep hell yeah I'm going Mm -hmm. um and then what unfolds Monique gets to know Evelyn and gets her story I suppose firsthand and obviously as the title would suggest um, Evelyn's had seven husbands and goes through sort of her whole trajectory of her life really I'm right in saying you know from Mm -hmm. when she first started out in Hollywood at a really young age and her relationships um, and her, her marriages over that period of her whole of her whole life basically and yeah Monique's just like right okay and obviously there's an underlying plot as well um they get to the bottom of that eventually and I just thought it was a really good story like it's we're talking really, like really what good. Hollywood in the 50s I think they were talking about I remember when I read it looking because I feel like it would be such a good movie so such a good movie the latest I heard oh, only okay, today I was, on I was gonna say I think it's being made into a movie is that right I read somewhere a series. Um, no. Correct. Now that you say that, HBO, yeah. no, or Hulu, or something. I took a screenshot. I think I think on. I did see that. Yeah. Because I think where I saw it actually was on Taylor Jenkins Reid's social media. 
adaptation. I've got Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo TV Freeform, whatever Freeform, Freeform. is. Is that the Freeform channel, is, the um, network? They're the channel. Yeah, they're a network. They um, they do RuPaul's Drag Race. They're a Disney subsidiary. Am I is that right? right? I think I'm right with that. I think so. Um, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, that's that would be it. Do Do you know when it's coming out? No, all I've seen very minimal, like very early stages is all I've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm just skimming this article here, but no timeline yet. Um, but I think it will be really really good it was a brilliant story sorry i was wrong about monique i'm i'm reading here <laughs> she's described as a struggling 20 something year old journalist handpicked right. i swear she says at some point she's like 30 yeah because isn't she going through a divorce she's married yeah she's yeah. going through her own divorce but anyway one thing as well i do want to add that i loved about it so i read it on kindle and then i got to the end and they have which i've never maybe i have seen this because i've never paid attention before a readers club guide yeah this reading group guide oh my god that's so yes, cool i've seen those before like and sometimes topics like and questions club questions yeah, yeah yeah i've seen those no that's that's a thing um, enhance your book club uh-huh. i'm like wow this is so interesting and they actually do have a little summary here which i probably should have read to to describe it so yeah she's obviously evelyn hugo has obviously had a very scandalous life you know seven husbands in the public eye and that's what we're sort of uncovering uh-huh. and sort of why why she is the way she is, I suppose, at this age and why she has this reputation that she has and all the rest. Um, and the two of them, I would you would say that they, they would bond. I say they bond quite a bit in it. Um, mm-hmm. And even at the end of it, you've got Monique saying, you know, referencing things that Evelyn had mentioned to her and you know she's like drawing parallels sort of mirroring each other in that sense um mm-hmm. but I, re- I really enjoyed it I would have given it five stars as well on Goodreads mm-hmm. definitely and I think as well um without giving anything away but I feel like something that I hate in a book and I do it all the time is predicting the ending I'm, I'm thinking like probably about halfway through or even like three quarters of the way through knowing what the twist was going to be and you're like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all right great and even when it happens you're like okay it was a good book but I knew what the twist was going to be I did not know the twist in this one no nor did it that. really I was... like sneaks up on you like so much yeah. so that I think when I and as I said I listened to it as an audiobook I think I went back I was like no like yeah no <laughs> I was, I like, was that the same. couldn't be it yeah yeah, yeah. it was really I was good. guessing a wee bit at parts uh-huh, like uh-huh. where is this gonna go but didn't didn't get the nail on the head at all uh-huh. um but I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good and would would definitely recommend. And it's made me want to read some of other her other stuff her. because it's all they're all over the like book grant the book clubs book of Instagram, Instagram bookstagram, yeah. all this. Like um so yeah, and so interested to see the series. Like who's gonna play all these yeah. men? I can't wait. Yeah, can't wait. Even who's gonna play her? Because she's described as this like unbelievable beauty like yeah, she's like bomb and like shell. this impossible figure like she's got you know like big chest and a tiny weight like you know like proper yeah like, stereotypically gorgeous woman like how are they yeah, gonna true who's, who's gonna, gonna emulate that? that that person you know exciting watch this space what about you what what were you reading 
so yeah so i have been reading well actually i actually read this a while ago and then finished it um recently so i started it and then kind of it's one of those ones where you don't have to read it continuously um it's mm. called five minute therapy so i'm going a totally different route so it's non-fiction um and it is written by a lady called sarah crosby who people might be familiar with um on instagram as the mind geek um okay and she, she's very very good so the book is basically um kind of like a fleshed out version of her Instagram so if you go on her Instagram and have a look and see if it's something that would be of interest to you then you will like her book because I followed her Instagram first and then saw that she'd released the book and then bought the book so um she covers lots basically it's therapy for people who can't afford therapy (laughs) and I'm not saying um oh I might actually I was thinking about this when I was talking or when I was thinking about sharing this book I was like oh I need to share my house theory do you know the house theory I told you like ages ago Mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. okay so I feel like because I don't mean to say that like everybody needs therapy but I mean (laughs) in the nicest way Mm -hmm. possible I think everybody might need therapy a little bit (laughs) so like basically my theory was that I had said to Corey ages ago months and months ago is that to me if you think about it like um for your own like mental health and for your own mind and how you are as a person um you are kind of given a house when you are born from your parents and your parents from until you're zero until you're 18 they decorate the house for you so you kind of they give you bits and pieces to fill this house um full of things that like they deem appropriate or you know it's through their filter and once you're 18 and once you kind of um maybe go to college or get your first kind of big job and you move out of home or whatever that's when you start to kind of you know do a couple of renovations (laughs) (laughs) and you might have to like rip a bit of that wallpaper out or completely redecorate or whatever and that's what I mean like for some people it is just going to be a case of being like I'm I'm pretty happy with my house and I just want to change this one lamp uh, or this one sofa, but or maybe just one room. Whereas other people are going to go, actually, I think I need to redo the whole house. <laughs> <laughs> and that's obviously like that's your, it's going to be different person to person. And you need to do that work, I think, in your and correct me if I'm wrong, if you're an older listener, because I don't know. I'm 29. What do I know? Um, but for me, I think from my life experience so far, is that you need to do this work in your 20s and your 30s um, because if you plan on having children, you're then going to give a house to them. So you need to make sure that you're happy with the house you're living in so that you don't mess up their house. And you might mess it up a little bit. You might put the wrong lamp or the wrong sofa, but try not to mess it up too much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, so that's kind of how I feel about therapy in general and like working on oneself. Um, but if you go on, as I said, Sarah Crosby's Instagram, you'll have a look. Um, it's as, again, it's the Mind Geek. Um, she's Irish. She's based, I think, in Dublin. She's actually from Black Rock in County Louth, so that's pretty near where I'm from. Not super, super duper far. Um, I had cousins that lived in Black Rock when I grew up, so Aww. we used to. They were like one of our nearest set of cousins. 
um which is weird because uh, as i'll go on to tell you because it's relevant um my family's my my father's side of the family are all from longford so why were there so many of us up like there is one of one set <laughs> in castle blaney in county monaghan and one set in monaghan town and one set in black rock and loud it's like you guys came really far like why did you come so far away um the breakdown of the chapters for the book are she has a chapter on self-discovery how to be yourself um, exploring attachment, how to create meaningful relationships. So that's kind of going back to way back, what week one or two, Corey, when you read that book. Yeah. So uh, it's all about I think that. That was one of the first ones we did. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So it's all about kind of being an anxious attachment style or an avoidant attachment style or whatever, um, and kind of learning that about yourself and the people around you. So self talk, how to be kinder to yourself, uh, recognizing triggers, how to understand your reactions. Uh, self-regulation, how to soothe yourself, setting boundaries, how to practice genuine self-care, uh, reparenting, how to heal yourself, and uh, going beyond the self, how to be a good friend. So um, since I read this book, I yeah. feel like I've been able to give kind of sounder advice to people and obviously to myself as well. But like in relation to like, if I find that somebody's getting upset about something, I'm like, okay, well, what about is this why you're feeling this way or whatever? I'm like therapying all my people around me. <laughs> but I do so think, and cool. I recommend it to people too. It's not mm -hmm. that I don't think I'm in any way qualified to give proper advice. So I feel like this book is brilliant for that. So I can't recommend it enough. And the reason I decided, because as I said, I, I read it, I started reading it a while ago and I only finished it recently. But the reason I wanted to talk about it today was that it links into my podcast recommendation. Okay. The, my podcast recommendation for this week is um, the Irish Times. It's called the Women's Podcast, but it's by like it's by the, the Irish Times owns it. Um, and it, um, I can't, the reason I I kind of stumbled upon it was because I um, was looking up kind of more information about Sarah Crosby. I was like, can can someone has this girl been on a podcast or anything? And if she wants to be on this one, I mean, take the mic. Two, hit us up um, <laughs> I've just started following her there now as we oh, speak very good. So. um she's brilliant and the thing is it's very um digestible it's not like I like not, that idea yeah uh -huh. five minute like you uh -huh. want it to be concise but even like on her Instagram like the way that she posts isn't it's not long-winded and it's not it's not like something that the ordinary like layman can't understand like she literally like does she does these wee illustrations and they're like post-its and they've yeah. got like 10 words on them, but they help you understand attachment style or they help you understand why you're anxious about something or whatever. So she's brilliant that way. It's like almost like therapy for millennials that's bite size and on Instagram. So it's great. Mm -hmm. So when I went looking for content with Sarah Crosby, I kind of came upon this podcast, um, the, the women's podcast by the Irish Times. And she has a podcast on there where she kind of talks about her own background and how she ended up setting up the mind geek how she became um a qualified therapist and how she, how it came about that she was going to write her own book um which I really enjoyed and then also so then one once I started listening to that episode I went back and looked at a few other episodes that were of interest um so one that I really enjoyed was an interview it was actually um a recording of a live event with oh. uh Sarah Breen and Emer McLeisett who wrote okay. uh the Ashling books oh yeah yeah so and it was very good they were very entertaining 
Um, and it just made me want to reread those books again, which I might do for season two as a recommendation because they're they're great. I could spend a whole episode talking about them. I went back and listened to that, and so that was very good and very like light and funny. And then the the last podcast I listened to from the last episode I listened to from that podcast was um a bit more hard hitting. So it was actually an interview with Rosita Boland who wrote the article in the Irish Times um back in I think 2018 um I don't remember I don't know whether you remember Corey but it was the article I was on Lovett's boyfriend so um I remember when it came out there was kind of a quite a lot of um backlash or kind of, you know like it, it caused quite a stir when it came out it, it explores the true story um of Anne Lovett um which people mightn't be super familiar with now because it happened in the 80s so like our generation it's maybe not um a super familiar story but I know it's one that I would be a little bit familiar with just because so for those who don't know uh, Anne Lovett was a 15 year old girl who uh was pregnant and um hid her pregnancy and uh she she had the baby in I think it was 1983 I think let me double let me fact check that actually sorry 1984 the time that she was living in um and then when she went into labor she went to the local grotto um and for those of you who don't know what a grotto is because you maybe don't live in Ireland um a grotto <laughs> a grotto is um kind of like a stoned um it's like it's kind of this what's what's even like it's kind of concave stones with uh usually with a figurine of the Virgin Mary in it um but it could be a different saint or a different religious figure but that's usually what it is uh and she had the baby there and she passed away and the baby also passed away which was obviously very very sad and um she at the time or for well for her whole, whole life she lived in Granard in County Longford which is very near where my family is all from so um so that's I think that's maybe why um it was it was quite poignant to to us kind of growing up as in we'd always kind of heard about it and things like that but I'd never properly like looked into the ins and outs of it because it's quite obviously it's quite a dark story it's not necessarily mm. something you you want you choose to read up on um, so I listened to the podcast which uh, interviewed Rosita Boland um, and then I went back and read the article very very interesting uh, it raised some more questions that maybe hadn't been asked before the usual things with abuses um, in the Irish system that um, are kind of only coming to light now as mm. as um as we've moved on so things like that now it leaves the questions are open there's you know it's it doesn't necessarily point fingers at people but it definitely points maybe the hand in the right direction before the fingers yeah. pointed. um so I um I listened to the podcast it was very very interesting and then I read the article and I would recommend that everybody do the same it was very very interesting it's very interesting story it's a very tragic story um and it's just on one hand terribly sad thing to to read about and to hear about but on the other hand great to hopefully see that Ireland has come such a way since that mm. um and I say this at time of recording we're still kind of they're still kind of ironing out the whole situation with the National Maternity Hospital and all of that um we try not to be too too political or too <laughs> like but it's more that we don't want to age ourselves so we don't go into major news stories on the podcast because if you're listening to this two years from when we record 
might not be relevant anymore so that that's why we don't really cover news on on the podcast but yeah so definitely it's worth listening to any of the episodes on you can go on there's plenty of different so you can educate yourself on numbers of topics but then mm. equally there's just some interesting people on being interviewed and things like that on that podcast so it's it's just it's a really really good listen I went back as I said and listened to quite a few of the wee episodes and really enjoyed them but what have you been listening to this week sorry Corey I kind of brought the whole mood down but um it, it genuinely was very interesting so um I recommend it for all our listeners but what what have you been listening I'm hoping something cheerful <laughs> No, don't apologize for for bringing the mood down. Um, so I've been listening to uh, "Pieces of Britney" by Pandora Sykes. Yes, I haven't listened to it yet, but I I intend to listen to it. I was a little bit skeptical. You know, I dived straight into. It. I actually haven't watched the documentary. Right, you see, this is the, the thing because I have, and I've also mm. read a lot online about it. Like, mm-hmm. it's where I have all this free time or something. <laughs> but um, I have just because it was really fascinating to me what had gone on, and for that reason, that's why I didn't listen to the podcast yet because I, I wasn't sure there'd be any new information. But tell me, tell me about it. How did you find it? Just jumped straight in. Um, like I, I like Pandora. I like her voice for podcast delivery she's good but then in the first episode I was like there was like there's actors on it so they're like you know like when you watch a documentary on tv and they do the reconstructions mm-hmm. it's like the audio reconstruction almost mm-hmm. um so I was like oh I don't know how this is gonna play out uh-huh. but I think it actually does make it more digestible uh-huh. and not that it fictionalizes anything but it it's like, you know, added dramatic effect, I suppose, which always goes down a treat with true stories. You know, that's that's what happens. And it's sort of a, a, a mixture of both. So they have actors as, you know, they've got the voice of young Britney. They've got the voice of the mom, Lynn, because there's a lot of a lot of parts from the mom's biography or the mum's memoir the mum's autobiography whatever mm-hmm. um and then also then she has on it like what she calls cultural experts and then you've got you know interviews with some people who have worked with Brittany um interviews then that Brittany was on you know a snippet from the Oprah interview of this year and then like a snippet from Justin Timberlake on this interview and blah 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 um so I suppose I can't really speak to if there's anything new on there that isn't covered in the document or in the, but it's, I think it's definitely quite a unique way that it's delivered, uh-huh. if that makes sense. Um, and she does sort of, uh, the, I was looking for sort of a way to summarize what it is and, or on, on Spotify, they just have, you know, Pandora Sykes pieces together what we know about Britney Spears' story what it tells us about sex entertainment and how we treat women in the Mm -hmm. public eye Mm -hmm. and you know she at the start of every episode her little opening always reiterates you know this is a sympathetic rendering so it's you know it's sympathetic towards Brittany it's not chastising her in any way um and it just it's I think it it was very creatively done Mm -hmm. um so there's eight episodes and that's just really the chronological order of of her life, you know, from when she started off small town, Louisiana, Disney Club, 
all the rest then like her stardom and her relationships her 2007 phase early 2008 phase um and it really just explores all the sort of interwining factors i suppose Mm -hmm. so much that i didn't know like i feel like when britney came out yes i know her first video was you know in a school uniform in a high school or whatever in america but Mm -hmm. i think I never realized how young she actually was when all this was happening, like at the height of her fame, when she was like having meltdowns and she was like 25 or something. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, and I think that's just from being, from myself being younger, looking at things, thinking, oh, she's an adult. You know, she's a grown up. You know, you just think, you don't actually Uh like think of how old people are. And it's only now, it's like, wow, like she's been through all of that and has been going through it for like 13 years. Mm -hmm. Like she was so young then. And, you know, it obviously, there's a lot of focus on the media and the media's, for what this is me part, like this is my opinion of it, the media's culpability in her quote-unquote demise um you know and it's got a lot of a few comparisons in there to other female stars so you've got like Demi Lovato Taylor Swift Charlotte Church Kira Knightley all these other female stars sort of chipping in giving little little tiny which in isolation might seem to be like their own thing and then when you group it all together collectively you're like wow and then people were saying recently on on twitter in response to it as well not that it's necessarily fair to put it this way and for that reason i'm not going to name any of the celebrities that were mentioned but they were naming male celebrities that have struggled with their mental health who still have complete autonomy of how they live their lives and their own money and all of that and obviously would never have had that signed over to their parents because they're suffering with mental health issues and as far as I'm aware with Brittany now it's hard to prove but I I feel like she's actually in a pretty good place mentally and stuff like she had a blip like which happens a lot of people and has been suffering and being punished since that the price that she's had to pay yeah it's unimaginable to be honest um and then I actually just saw today that she has now do you follow her on Instagram? No, I don't because it's not her. It's like her team that posts. Yeah. yeah. Well, today she has posted that she has um, finally been allowed to appoint her own representation. Mm-hmm. So that's a massive step in the free Britney movement, obviously with the conservatorship. Mm-hmm. And I, it's just it's just crazy to me that it has been so long. And mm-hmm only coming to light maybe only coming to like global knowledge I feel like in the last what year I would say yeah if even like it's it's it is global now like the the free Britney thing and there's so many celebrities sort of jumping on to support her and um a lot of people speaking out and then it's just it's insane to think of her as a 17 year old what she had to sort of go through yeah like and then I also read today somewhere I can't remember where but um that 
she had quite a close friendship with Lance from NSYNC Mm -hmm. and they haven't been in contact for a number of years um and he didn't really understand why or what had happened so his husband was tweeting recently I'm not sure when could have been the last couple of days because I saw it today that basically what happened was they hadn't seen each other in years and then they happened to see each other at an event a couple of years ago and at the time it was just Brittany and her like handler and they put that in quotation marks at the mm-hmm. time um and she was so delighted to see him and see, see his husband so see them both and um he, she was like oh let's you know let's meet up soon and uh the the person that was minding her inverted commas uh wouldn't let him or wouldn't let her give him his her number just she would only take the number from him and give it to Brittany but apparently what was happening was and obviously this hearsay but apparently um they were either not giving her numbers or going into her phone and changing the number so they thought that she thought she was texting her friends and then not getting any replies um, to make her feel like she's isolated which is just horrendous like I feel like they've put her through like psychological torture like yeah. it's almost like they're trying to make her ill yeah. when you know when obviously she's For she's sure. cleared up those issues that she did have before and like who hasn't like I think it's one in two people have serious mental health issues throughout their lifetime or something like it's, mm-hmm. it's the statistics are wild on that so like <laughs> You know what I mean? It's it's almost like they're trying to cause her to have some form of yeah. breakdown by by and then they'll her. gaslight her for not yeah. wanting to go through more psychological tests. Uh huh. Exactly. Like it's, it's outrageous. So, um, so bad. But I thought it was. I enjoyed it. I liked just to, inf- to just get a bit of insight. I suppose like a lot of it you know the early Britney stuff we were quite young as well so a lot of that uh-huh. stuff went over my head like uh-huh. I, I saw a little bit about people slating Justin Timberlake and I was always wondering like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That race. I was like what did he actually do and then it yeah. plays you the clip yeah uh, oh is that all on the podcast as well yeah it plays you the clip of him and then what it, what I will say is every again speculative I know um but any, I think we're too small of a podcast to get sued. Famous yeah, last true. words. <laughs> um, but any Our hundred listeners are going to be really annoyed about this. <laughs> any snippets of Britney speaking? You know the the real actual clips, not performed by the actor. Like she actually comes across as like such a sweetheart. Like mm-hmm. you've got her. Like she they're like here's seventeen very... year old Britney being yeah. interviewed by Oprah Winfrey, and uh-huh. Oprah's like asking her, like, "Are you having sex yet?" And all, and she's yeah. like, "Yeah, Haha, I don't want to talk about that." Like she seems, you know, she always comes across in in those earlier clips as well as genuinely naive. Like she, it's yes. not like it's put on. She's not pretending to be like a wee innocent girl. Like I feel like she genuinely didn't know that the the you know the media was out to get her like they were, she's no, just like she didn't know what she was getting herself in for at all yeah god love her is all i'll say um mm-hmm. but interesting we podcast i like the way it was done i think it was really creatively done um have you finished the whole series yeah um so there's i uh, eight episodes and they're like think they're about like 45 minutes maybe but yeah I think it's good good for context it really contextualized her growing up and her rise to stardom 
and you know even where she is now i suppose but would would recommend yeah i enjoyed it um that brings us on to watching what have Mm -hmm. you been watching i have watched a lovely program (laughs) as in i really really enjoyed it and it's been out for a while it's called love life by Anna, well, not by Anna Kendrick, but Anna Kendrick's the main star in it, and I think she also produced it. So, and I know Anna Kendrick can be a little bit marmitey. I think some people don't like Anna. Kendrick. I think she is a mar. I was literally <laughs> going. To, I like her, but I do think she I is like a marmite too. But I think some people uh, do find her. It, I think it's that thing of like, and we were texting not about Anna Kendrick yet. Yesterday, no, that was today. Of like, oh, I'm so small. Look at me, I'm so small. <laughs> <laughs> Which can be quite grating. <laughs> <laughs> but like I actually really like her um yeah even though she's very small um and uh I I just I really like her I think she's I find her very entertaining I read her autobiography and I really enjoyed it I thought I think she's very funny very witty yeah but obviously if you don't like Anna Kendrick maybe you won't like this because <laughs> she, she is the main character in it I would say it is a tv American version of everything I know about love by Dolly Alderton. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, and I know that that. So everything I know about love, which we still we actually have successfully not mentioned, like properly. I'm actually see when you said you're going to reread the Ashlines, like that was the first book. Should we do a whole episode on everything I know about love? So yeah, this is I'm like totally up for that. I'm going to say this is the equivalent. If if Corey and I ever get brought to court probably Thelma and Louise style uh, <laughs> there's no point putting a bible down in front of us but if you put everything I know about love by Dolly Alderton we will tell you the truth Facts. the whole truth <laughs> so Wise yeah words. it is very so basically I think I actually had written down a description that I found online um it's an anthology series from first love to lasting love and um so from that you kind of go oh so it's basically a rom-com but it's 10 episodes long instead of a movie. Um, I think it is 10 episodes too. It's on BBC iPlayer, by the way, guys. Just sorry, forgot. Got too excited and forgot to tell you. So it's on BBC iPlayer. It's been out for a while. I think it came out in 2019. Um, so it's been out maybe two years. So the way that they do it is you first meet Darby, who is Anna Kendrick's character when she's in her very early 20s. Um, I'm going to say she's maybe 21, 22. Uh, graduate job or a job that, you know, kind of first entry level job. Uh, living with her flatmates who, um, it's two girls who are obviously her friends. And then one of the girls has a boyfriend who lives with them. So there's four of them living in New York um, and living that kind of early 20s life that we're all we all miss <laughs> um, where you're kind of on top of each other's lives and you're kind of like there's a bit in the first episode she meets a boy and she's waiting for him to text and they're all sitting waiting for the boy to text <laughs> and, it, and it's like oh he will he will he's just his phone might be broken or whatever yeah so you meet her at that very early stage and each episode or it's almost like each chapter honestly it is like a book but it's a tv program um each episode's given the name of that love so for example, I think her first, the first guy in the first episode, no, it's just no spoilers because it's very early on, it's called Augie, so A-U-G-I-E. So that's like the first episode comes up one, Augie, and then the next episode is two, Chris mm-hmm. or whatever, and it goes through each love. But then sometimes, so there is an episode, This I think this is where it kind of comes into being Dolly Alderton style, is that there's an episode dedicated to her relationship with her mother. 
and there is an episode dedicated to her relationship with her best friend um so they're her loves for that episode oh so interesting and it's oh it's brilliant it's very good um the ending was brilliant the whole way through and you can just because I think as well similarly to everything I know about love which I'm not going to go on about too much because apparently we're doing a whole episode on it in season two um (laughs) like if you are a woman in your late 20s early 30s or whatever you'll have lived this experience and be really familiar with it and know all of the ups and downs and uh it goes through all of that so kind of your first you know your first big relationship out of college and then there is a flashback episode as well where they go to her like first ever love so they go to the first boy she ever like kind of kissed or had a serious relationship with mm-hmm. um and how he broke her heart obviously and um oh it's just so good and then obviously um it follows her through kind of I would say from early 20s to maybe early 30s or, or late 20s um and all the kind of and how her friendships change as well so like some of her friends obviously like they start moving out because they're maybe buying a house with their partner um they're getting married and people start getting married and everyone's getting married and <laughs> you know it's all very relatable and it's it's just it's a great program like I started watching it. I watched like one or two episodes I think maybe last week and then I sat last Sunday and literally watched like eight episodes in a row so that's like eight hours of tv no, no couldn't way. have been that's really bad <laughs> Let me double check how many episodes there are, because if that's true, that's actually what I did do. So uh, yeah, it's it's really really good, really lovely, and um, I just really recommend it. I thought it was so so nice. Let me see how so many sweet. episodes there are before I tell lies. Uh, episodes there are ten. I watched eight hours of TV on Sunday, guys. So. Love it. <laughs> Uh, yeah so what have you been watching Corey what have you been oh I feel like that you've set the bar very high sorry oh I'm only joking it was only average (laughs) (laughs) so mine was um it was what I was looking forward to last episode so it was the um Peru 2 documentary so it's Uh well specifically it's Michaela McCollum it's called High Confessions of an Ibiza Drug Mule right and where is that? What where BBC iPlayer. Right. Um, so BBC it's, iPlayer should be playing, paying us commish. Right. Um, especially <laughs> when I had a struggle as a non-UK resident to actually oh, watch no. it. And how did you get around that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to edit that bit out. But um, <laughs> FYI, Corey went to across the border to watch it. So I, I, I have no solution for our Irish listeners on that one. Sorry. Um, hopefully it will make its way to some other universal platform. I but... think it normally goes, if it's on BBC, it goes to RTE. Right, so uh, it probably will. I feel it, like... they'll put it on an RT, but that is rubbish. That I think as well, anything most things that you can watch anywhere, you can then buy on Prime again. That's annoying, but just FYI for people. Um, if anyone really wants to hear Michaela's story, yeah, um, well, tell us. Do they want to hear Michaela's story? So I, again, so this was twenty thirteen so what's that like eight years ago and I feel like I forget these things that happen Mm -hmm. or I don't maybe I don't actually pay that much attention to them when they happen in the first place yeah but keep in mind what 2013 you were living in Spain no yeah no was I (laughs) no I was second year 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 that was it was the city of culture yeah (laughs) um 
<laughs> I always remember Dairy Radio London Bike Dairy Weekend. City of Culture. That's your mark for 2013. No, it was Radio Once Bike Weekend as well. <laughs> it was the year that Dairy was City of Culture and Radio Once Bike Weekend. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it was the year that Dairy Girl was on The Apprentice. Oh, who? Dr. Leah. Oh, I don't even, I don't think I watched The Apprentice. Oh, I didn't. Because do you remember, do you remember when you and Aoife used to ring and pretend you were on The Apprentice? <laughs> I, I was going to do it, but I don't trust you to take it out. So I'm not going to do it. I'm going to yeah, the no. start of the episode as the end <laughs> I always remember it being a big Dairy City year. Dairy Girl won The Apprentice, City of Culture and Radio One Spike Weekend. Anyway. Also, the year Michaela McCollum was arrested. So she, she was from Dungannon. Do you want me to just tell you the story? Like, how much of this do you remember? No, you, you have to tell everybody else. I remember so it all, what? obviously. Oh, do you? <laughs> no, I didn't no. Know. <laughs> I'm joking. All right. I kind of vaguely remember it. And I yeah. think I, I vaguely remember it. I mean, that's, what, eight years ago? It's, it's a while ago. Like, it's a little yeah. rusty. So remind everyone. So she's obviously now out the other side of things and she's now doing this five-part documentary. Just like, it's literally just her in front of a camera. And then again, like reconstruction. So there's actors playing her and the other girl, Melissa Reed. And they're just like recreating um, the scene and the circumstance. So she left Dungannon at 1920, went to Ibiza, just took off really young girl went to Ibiza to have a bit of fun um began working in a bar that served more than alcohol we'll say and then got you know made her friends whatever then now this is all again I'm basing all of this off what was shown in this documentary this actually could be inaccurate or could be dramatized or because I don't actually remember what I read in the papers or what was fact and what was fiction or whatever but she meets this guy in Ibiza she's I mean she it doesn't explicitly say that she becomes romantic with him but she's like he was tall and dark and handsome and he didn't take drugs uh, but he actually turns out he was a drug dealer and he says to her Michaela will you go to Barcelona to pick up this package for me and so then she's like, yeah, 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 of course. Like, how much, how much? He offers her a price. So the way she's telling it in this documentary, and she was like, you know, like, I, I thought this is great. This guy's offering me money. This means I can stay here longer and I don't have to worry about money or rent or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, so you're watch as a viewer, you're thinking, right, okay, it must have been a hefty sum she was offered. Mm-hmm. It was not a hefty sum. Uh, and it also was not Barcelona that she had to go to. Right. Um, so it, ends and outs of how she ended up flying to Peru. She relays it as if, I mean, obviously she holds her hands up. You know, she did the time for drug trafficking. But she says, she tries to explain it. And she's like, to be honest, I was doing it for the money. Um, I didn't know where Peru she was I didn't know where Lima was I thought Lima was a town in mainland Spain um and then so it depends on how credible you think she is um but 
just to like I th- I thought she was convincing. I was on her Instagram and all now, and you know it <laughs> was. Uh, Corey has done the research. Just just to see because obviously when she did get released, then she got. You know, a lot a lot of people were sort of like, why is she being celebrated, and why is this like a hero coming home sort of thing? You know, she's a criminal. At the end of the day, uh, so it was. It does show you sort of the, the public perception as well. You know, you've got at at the beginning they stuck to the story that they were forced to to traffic these drugs, and you know now she, it's all out in the open. She's like, yeah, okay, so we just said that because we said it once and then we didn't want to change our story. And then mm-hmm. at this stage, it shows you like what was going on in Northern Ireland and what you'll find is people were like rallying around, raising money for her family, raising money for her. And then however amount of time later, it comes out, no, actually we weren't forced. We went and did it of our own accord. So I just thought that was interesting. And I do remember seeing the bad press when she got out, but not really understanding much of it. And then, you know, you've got two reporters one was for i'm gonna say the sun maybe and then one of the girl one of the reporters from belfast telegraph i think um and you know the the guy going out from the sun was interviewed on the on the show and he's very sympathetic towards her and and then you've got the woman who went out and she was like she was like well no she's like i sat with michaela and i knew she was lying to me and she knew i knew she was lying to me but she wouldn't tell me the truth. And she was like, can you blame people for being annoyed? You know, they're raising money. They're raising thousands of pounds for her. And then she's stepping off the plane. thought she was in one of the toughest prisons in Peru. She looks like she's just come out of a salon and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, so just an, um, interesting, I think, to just like dive into all of that and see what people were saying. And I suppose it's like, the only real like footage I've ever seen of her on the record. I know she's done loads of interviews and appearances and she's blue ticked on Insta now. So I'm sure she has <laughs> some credibility in the, in the celebrity world or whatever influencer world or whatever. But um, this, she's just very like straight faced and, and telling the story and sticking to the facts, quote unquote, I suppose. Um but yeah, like interesting. And she wasn't, you know, there wasn't like she, she kept her cool. She was very composed in giving this interview. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was interesting. Bit of bit of insight. I, I enjoyed it and enjoyed the reconstruction. Then she was like one of her wee um, cellmates from Peru. She was on it too, like giving her two cents and all. Um, but didn't I wish the girl Melissa was in it more? Just because it just shows is you like Michaela. Is she from Dungannon as well, or is she? She was Scottish. I was thinking she. I was going to say she, is she English, but uh, she was from Scotland. But she so Michaela got out before her. Right. Okay. And are they friends? So it didn't really say like the end. The end of it was like very abrupt. Like I was like, oh, Melissa hasn't been messaged or been mentioned in this episode at all. And then Michaela was like, and Melissa walked me to the gate on my last day, and blah blah blah. And then it gave you like a wee after credits summary. But she, right. Melissa wasn't mentioned in it. It was like, oh. oh, Michaela, Michaela helped Melissa get released or something. Okay. Um, they must be so friends. I, but 
what, speculation but <laughs> they did they had an they had an ibiza friend in the documentary so uh-huh. i don't know maybe melissa didn't want to go on the record i couldn't find her on instagram so maybe that's just uh detective Corey. <laughs> <laughs> uh you know rachel if you ask me do i know someone the second I place i go was yeah. instagram yeah. I know, um I know. But uh, interesting, a few holes you could pick in it for sure. But um, it was good, I suppose. Like she's she's done her time, and she well, she's done a fraction of her time, and you know now she's speaking her truth, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So after nine episodes of kind of trying to stay positive, you know, like those memes where people are like, when you're trying to be a ray of sunshine, but the world is testing you. Um, yeah. So we try like, I feel and it's like the wee pod- cry, the wee one with a crying boy being interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, like, I feel like we try and keep our podcast positive because if you're listening um, and you're having a rubbish day, like we don't want to make it any worse. But seeing as it's the finale, uh, we let our nasty side out. Basically, we decided that we're going to do a segment this week just because it's the final episode of season one uh, called What You Hating with Corey and Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're just going to go through. We both put a list together of things that have been grinding our gears lately. And we're just going to go through them. <laughs> and if you if you need to interject, interject. But if you don't, that's grand. I've got my list ready. Have you got your list ready, Corey? I have a short list now, in fairness. Oh, um, I have a long list, so don't worry. Okay, that's grand. But also, obviously, it's all very lighthearted yeah no, no don't take it too seriously don't take like, it too personal yeah I don't want people to be like oh my god this is so negative like I don't to be fair none of this stuff flipping it on its head uh-huh none of the stuff that I have listed I don't think anyone's going to take personally like if they do yeah, take it personally minds are very like first world silly. problems and yeah, yeah, I want you yeah. to know that I'm very aware of that yeah uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, we check our privilege so right go you first if you've got more than me go so we'll okay. take turns one on one so I've, I've been keeping them in my phone um mm-hmm. and writing them down as they come so mm-hmm. uh we are going away next week and I have been doing a bit of shopping when bikini tops don't come in cup sizes why why like why why I would like they... to add to this hatred as well okay, with cool. yeah. um sports bras also, yes exactly if it's for your boobs it needs to be in a cup size like why would it be in a top size it doesn't make sense so like you go in fair enough get your bottoms and your dress size totally fair there it's a, it's essentially a bra that you wear in the water so why is it in a dress yeah. size and the thing is like you could be and the other thing that gr- really grinds my gears is when they come as a set because obviously your top and bottom isn't going to be the same like yeah catch a grip guys come on struggle is real <laughs> but like even more like even the equivalent is like when you go in you're like okay I know what my bra size is but that doesn't equate to a dress size it's not the same thing no so like I, I could buy my dress size in a bikini top it's not going to fit me it's going to be too small I need to get a cup size in it so that really winds me up and I just think we've come so far it's 2021 we had a really rough couple of months now and I've had enough of these shenanigans give us bikini tops with cup sizes please and also give us sports bras with cup sizes I know they exist but also they just need to exist 
all together like there should everywhere be a case, yes there shouldn't be a case where there's a bikini top that is a dress size it should always yeah. be a top size it shouldn't be like you have to go on to this website to uh-huh. order uh-huh. you know it shouldn't be a chore it shouldn't be expensive or it should be more expensive because it's not a luxury yeah it should be like the baseline you're right Corey. exactly agreed agreed now give us one of your things you're hating on the on the topic of clothes shopping when shopping for a nice top mm-hmm. we top to go with my jeans my skinny jeans or whatever mom jeans if you want so they'll have like bardot tops or like sweetheart tops or whatever but like and filtered through every type of top is crop tops Mm -hmm. and like I cannot wear crop tops I cannot do it yeah I wish there was uh, a way to just like exclude that like do not show anything that's cropped yeah I don't care if it's a cute shirt if it's cropped I'm not buying it and I I don't need to see it it's Uh not you know it's like when websites will still have things online even though it's out of stock so you'll be like that's pretty and you'll click in and be like your size isn't available no size is available do you know that kind of way like I wish because I just think there's like if I want a cute t-shirt and I filter for t-shirts I don't want to see cropped t-shirts I just want to see t-shirts plus if I'm paying for a top I want the whole top I don't want half top (laughs) exactly if if I'm getting half a top I want half price (laughs) (laughs) I just wish a a opposite filter basically where I can take out crop tops Mm mm-hmm uh similarly i have written down here and this might be a bit controversial i think some people are really gonna not like this one satin pajamas what are you doing slipping around your bed like i don't want satin pajamas oh i definitely have a pair of satin pajamas so what i've written in my notes is satin pajamas be cotton or be nothing and then brackets (laughs) same goes for pants for the most part (laughs) (laughs) true like cotton is the is the goat like (laughs) Um, I feel like satin pajamas and satin bed sheets are cold, and I don't want to be cold. I want to be warm. It's bedtime, so I don't. I don't enough. like it. And it's similar to the crop top thing where you can't filter out by satin, so you have to go through all of the pajamas. You're like, oh, that's a cute pair. Oh no, it's satin. So maybe websites need to start off just with a, like an exclude option, yeah. like exclude all of these. Yeah, exactly. That would be a good starting point to anyone uh-huh. who runs um, any. F- High street or otherwise Mm -hmm. fashion websites. Mm -hmm. ASOS, get on it. Step one. Another one sticking to theme on this. This is minor, like, but it's something I noticed. It was just like last week I went to the shops and I was looking for, you know, like um, M&S do sportswear Mm -hmm. or H&M do Mm -hmm. sportswear, like leggings or like that that, like dry fit material top. Uh You know, I didn't want to go to a sports shop. I wanted something a bit more like budget, we'll say. And they have women's loads. They don't have any men's. Like M&S, H&M, there was no men oh, workout clothes on the floor. And I was interesting. like, isn't it? I was like, it's, so fair enough, happens in one shop. You think, right, okay, they just are low stock. Uh-huh. But then in two, I'm like, is this a pattern? That is um, interesting. Because I wanted it instantly and I didn't want to exercise. Well, one could say <laughs> uh, I don't want to go to Lifestyle or JD and like I pay 30 quid for uh-huh, a totally walk and, for a pair of leggings yeah, or whatever. Like, yeah. I, w- I wanted something more like high streety. And mm-hmm. 
It's just interesting that they, they didn't have any men's on the floor. So it would have mm-hmm. had to be a case of, you know, order online, collect in store, like, uh-huh. or else go elsewhere sort of thing. Yeah. Um, this one, not on the top of clothes at all. And I think I've got a few now. No, I've got two in a row that are to do with food. I might just do them together. Yeah. One is when the restaurant menu is not online. Oh, no, sorry. Oh. I have three. I have three. In this day two. and age. Why is it not online? I want to know. And also, especially if you do takeout. Oh. Like, what? What? how do people base what they want for the takeout? What, yeah. Where are they getting the ideas from? I feel um, like you're losing already. Uh-huh. Uh, when you have to ring the restaurant to make a booking <laughs> instead of doing it online. <laughs> nah, I'm not doing that. It's too cringe. I can't do it. Um, I literally would rather... I'll go to a lesser restaurant that I can book online. So... <laughs> Um, and then when a menu, this is, you know, this is a pet peeve of mine. When a menu is vegan slash vegetarian, so the veggies <laughs> can only pick plant-based options. You're where just it's gripped a different diet. with the vegans. No I cheese, want, no fun. I want cheese. I want cheese. <laughs> I want butter. I want cream. I want all of that. If I want, if I didn't want those things, I would be a vegan, but I'm not a vegan. <laughs> so can I please? Uh, fair enough. Justice all, for vegetarians. Uh huh. This is the thing. I think it's because we're not like as aggressive as the vegans. We're just like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm vegetarian. So the vegans came in and they were like, we're vegans. You must give yeah, us a menu. Yeah, you're too soft. And, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a shame. Um, but yeah, those are my my restaurant themed ones. Have you got any more, Corey? This one now just came back to me today, and I'm glad it did. Don't like movies that are over two hours long. That's fair. Don't want to commit, like, just keep it under two hours. I don't want to put on it, you know, like, if it's two and a half hours, two hours and 50 minutes, like, already a negative start for me because it's like, oh, I'm committing so much time. It's going to be so late when this is over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I enjoy a movie here and there. I enjoy a cinema trip here and there. But I would much prefer the movie cap to be two hours. Two hours. I have one that I have listed here and I have a solution for it in my show and tell, which we're going to do as our next segment. Mm-hmm. Um, SPF that stings your eyes. So SPF, like you should be wearing SPF every single day. I think it was Caroline Hearns that put up about, so basically if you can read, if you're in a room and you can read without switching yeah. the light on, you should be wearing SPF. So mm-hmm. that is like, it's that you should be wearing it every single day. And like a lot of offices now have big, big windows in them and stuff where they have like floor to ceiling windows. So you should be wearing SPF, even if you're not outside very much, even if you're driving and you're, or you're in the office and you're by a window, you should be wearing SPF. So I try and wear SPF every single day, but most SPFs for like nearly all of them make my eyes sting really badly at some, and it's always at like a really inconvenient time like one time I was in work and I had SPF on that I put on that morning it was now like lunchtime so it was like four or five hours later and a contractor came up to me and he was like oh because I, I work in an office I, I do I do operations that's what I do and uh, he came up to me and he was like oh just so you know it was something to do with the lighting I, I he couldn't resolve an issue with the lighting he was like there's an issue with your lighting I won't be able to fix it today blah 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 and like keep in mind it's like a man in his like probably in his late 40s or whatever he's telling me this story and I'm like okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's what I was gonna ask so not not even stinging when you're applying it just no randomly start stinging yeah just randomly at some point I don't know whether it like works its way down my face during the day or something because I even try and avoid my eyes um so I 
yeah so I end up like crying in front of people and you know I'm not even a crier at the best of times so it's like I, yeah it's like by the way I'm not upset about the light fixtures I just put SPF on this morning <laughs> Um, so SPF and then similarly mascara that smudges 10 seconds after you put it on oh. and I haven't got a solution for that I don't know for some reason and I think it might be because I put SPF on I put moisturizer and I put a lot of like oily moisturizing products on and then when I go to put mascara on it all runs down my face because I think it like melts the mascara so if anyone has a solution for that let me know because I end up with panda eyes and I'm walking around the office I don't realize and then I go to the bathroom and I'm like oh geez it looks like I'm <laughs> crying my eyes <laughs> like it looks so tough bad. day at the office yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you okay Rachel <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a good one that's a good one what else have I got here so yeah I said I sent you this one during the week when people are like throwback and it was like this is like Monday and it was like yeah. Saturday <laughs> like come on that's actually the weekend that's not throwback like, I feel like throwback isn't until maybe six months plus like yeah a, a few a months anyway plus, like maybe yeah I feel like if, it, if it's in recent history if you haven't deleted the photos off your phone yet like as in you haven't you know the way you back them up to google photos or back them up to wherever you back them up and then you delete them to make space mm -hmm. if those photos are still on your phone it's not a throwback yeah it's just like oh like it can be a fun memory from last week but that doesn't mean it's a throwback yeah okay. like instead it's of just... being like throwback just write like sophie's birthday which is yeah. what it was <laughs> like i just like throwback being used out of context that's what uh -huh, i would call that uh -huh. one that's fair and another social media one I'm just going to throw in just because I'm like these might not even be trends this might just be like two people on my feed who I've noticed doing this and that's uh -huh. why um, name and shame um absolutely not <laughs> uh but celebrities like I don't like or not celebrities but like influencers not people I actually know uh -huh. but people whereby they clearly have a significant other who does not want to be photographed or does not want to feature on said person's social media so naturally then the influencer's conclusion is to include a body part that isn't distinctive enough to be connected back to that individual individual so you'll have like the side of a man or like a man's foot yeah, or, yeah. No, i'm saying man because this is again i'm speaking from what i've seen uh -huh. or like the shadow the, the lgbtq plus instagrammers are also included in this <laughs> absolutely <laughs> we're non-discriminatory um, but just like are a figurine and it's like oh are you just is that like a subtle flex like are you like what's the purpose of that surely the picture would have looked nicer just with like it's that body like part they're trying to like they're it almost feels like an insecurity in their relationship that they can't not have their partner involved so they like force it somewhere or the other like yeah it's it's I just don't think it's like just take a photo without them mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or take a photo with them and don't post it mm -hmm. or do that thing where they put the stickers over their faces oh no you know I can't that? handle that people do that with their babies a lot with their which, kids like, yeah I feel like baby. fair enough but like yeah yeah <laughs> it's just a weird I just like you would never put up a po a picture in your house of half a body or ha like yeah you yeah. know it's like but then um, I suppose your Instagram's not your house is it no I think that I have another thing but it's very harsh on influencers I don't think I should include it 
I mean, it's called what you hate, and Corey. It's just, I've just like, it's come to my attention. Like, I know you shouldn't believe everything you see online anyway, but like, when they're like promoting brands, but then actually using other brands, like yeah. here in real life examples yeah, yeah, of that, yeah, I'm yeah. like, uh-huh, oh. uh-huh, yeah. No, that is annoying. Annoying. I don't think that's um, harsh. I think that's fair. Okay, so I have two more. One of these is my absolute pet peeve. And I know I might get a bit of bounce back here from the cyclists. I don't care. <laughs> when cyclists ignore, fair enough, if there's no cycle lane, and I get that like Ireland slash Northern Ireland, I don't know about anywhere else because obviously I haven't lived anywhere else. Um, You might know from Spain. But like our infrastructure is not built around cyclists. I understand that. I understand your struggle. I get that. I'm I'm sorry. But if there is a cycle lane, and you have chosen to cycle on the road, in particular during rush hour traffic, that's not like, that's not civil at all. Like that's actually the most, and I feel like they wake up at 6am or whatever time cyclists wake up and just choose violence. Like is there need? Like, and they like block all the traffic coming in. I just, it, it grinds my absolute gears. And I just need Fair. to get it off my chest. So That's okay. This is a safe space. Okay. And then finally, and I kept this one because this is definitely going to be very triggering for people. When they forget your dip at McDonald's drive-thru. It's like, and I know they're working very hard. I understand that as well. But also, what am I going to do? Drive the whole way around again or park up and go into the restaurant and ask for my dip? Because I'm not eating without a dip. I'm not having a dry McDonald's. <laughs> What am I going to do? Eat nine mozzarella dippers with no dip? So yeah, that's, so that's true. I've got no, everything that's... off my chest. Those are good. Those are good hatreds. Um... Good hatreds this, this week. Um, so sorry guys for bringing the entire mood down. Um, but we that's that's everything for what you hating. I'd love to hear other people's as well. Like yes. a little, because these are obviously like... Uh-huh, because I was going to say, it's one of my show and tells is to... to follow us on twitter because when we're not recording um for the next little while we will still be active on twitter so you can tweet us and we will definitely read them and we'll still be posting a bit out so um please do send us your what you hate and do hashtag what you hate and so we can see them um that would be really good and very funny and we'll inc- maybe include some in season two episode one if they're hilarious if they make us go ha, ha, ha. i would love it so our final segment for this week because ordinarily this would be the bit where we would either do we'd usually do our topic but then we also do our um what we're looking forward to but because there's no point telling you what we're looking forward to because it's going to be a while till you hear it and we don't we're not teases like that we're not going to do it so <laughs> So instead, we decided to put together some stuff that we, it's the equivalent of if you were in school and you brought your your thing that you're very proud of to show to people. So we've like made a wee list of things that you might have an interest in for while we're gone. Let us know if you buy them or follow them or whatever of the various things. So, um, Corey, do you want to go first? Show us and tell us. Oh, uh, I mean, I don't have the show, but um, <laughs> I don't have I the show thinking- either it's a podcast they don't know <laughs> just thinking of for me um with staycationing coming up I was like what are my like essential items mm-hmm. does that count for Chantel mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um my eyebrows are like really really light and you know like I don't get them done super often probably not as often as most people but sometimes 
because they're also kind of sparse so I don't like getting them plucked too much but anyway what happens is I'll get them done and then like maybe three weeks later the tint will be faded or whatever so lifesaver do you use it the Eiler dyebrow uh-huh I did I didn't I didn't use it before lockdown then I started having to use it in lockdown it's brilliant yeah and apparently um the what do you call it right men or just for men or whatever the beard dye it's basically the same thing and it's a much bigger package and it's cheaper because pink tax um so yeah because obviously it's dye for facial hair so it's the same thing yeah you can just get beard dye and do the same thing so good I think and just like I wouldn't really be worried about it but sometimes when I'm on staycations and I'm like right I'm not wearing makeup I don't want to have to mm-hmm. do my eyebrows so just stick a wee bit of dye in the night before boom that's them fresh for a few days mm-hmm. essential mm-hmm. product for me another one again to do with the eyes I get really bad puffy eyes mm-hmm. we eye mask is always the one yeah so and I've been so like a sheet mask specifically for your eyes yeah exactly but specifically, these are ones that I've wanted to get for ages um, that I need to actually order in the next few days. Maya Jama has a range that she just brought out this year, I think, or mm-hmm. maybe last year. And they look amazing. And I just think they're great for, again, the staycation vibes. If you were out the night before, you've got daytime activities, you want to be fresh for the night, don't want to have puffy eyes and photos, we eye masks, my lifesaver. So those are like my two go-to summer specific things you know not things I'd be using on the regular in the house but with the possibility of getting out and about Mm -hmm. what about you so um well I've got I've got a good wee mix of things here so I have a few others too but right so I'll give two more I'll try I'll try and stick on topic I do have a beauty one so as a solution to stingy SPF face um Ambre Solaire or like it's Garnier but Ambre Solaire I hope I'm pronounced I'm probably completely butchering it it's gonna be like you know in Friends when she's like Nestle Toulouse but it's called Super UV Anti-Dark Spots and Anti-Pollution Face Fluid SPF 50 I know that's the longest title ever we will link all of this stuff in the show notes but it actually says on the box anti-eye stinging is literally written on the front of it and it's only seven pound for the that's what I was about to ask Uh because I know Caroline Heron I always Uh say Hyron it's not Hyron is it so there's two of these Amber Slayer I think I have the other one you have the other one so the other one doesn't say anti-eye stinging so I didn't go for that one but the other one is like a hyaluronic acid um one that's like hydrating as well and she really recommends that but there's another one that came out at the same time that is for sensitive eyes so it's brilliant so yeah on the staycation vibes also and I'm really sad about this I will link it in the show notes but sadly they've actually taken it offline so you might have to go to store to get it but um I got really into it again I'm gonna absolutely butcher this but it's like broidery anglaise or whatever I'm pretty sure it's like broderie anglaise or whatever but like so it's that kind of trend at the minute and specifically um for like kind of curvier gals or if you're trying to cover even like I have a friend who there's not a pick on her but if she eats she gets quite a bloated tummy so she needs dresses that are bloat friendly um even if you know she herself there's not like she doesn't have much weight on her um so these dresses like there's dresses at the minute that are all that kind of like 
quite fitted but elasticated on your chest and then floaty over your stomach which like just gives you lots of freedom for whatever you want to eat or do for the evening um and the one that I have like fallen in love with is from Sainsbury's um and it's a red dress with little kind of um it's that brodery anglaise that I'm definitely butchering um but that kind of pattern on it and I will link it below even or in the show notes um even if you can't get it you may have to go to the store to get it because it wasn't available online at time of recording so unless they're just restocking um you may have to go to the shop to look for it I'm so sorry but also I was in um Primark and where else was I H&M and they have loads of dresses like that as well and they're pretty cheap they're not super expensive but they're great like kind of throw on and go dresses um that again are give you kind of plenty of like flexibility to go and enjoy your full pizza on your wee staycation and not worry that your tummy's sticking out in photos okay um not that if you want if you want to get your tummy out that's fine um but yeah so I really really love that dress and I will link it in the show notes um and hopefully people will be able to get it I'm sorry crap recommendation sorry Corey what's your next recommendation I've got my my to be read list um just added to that again because it's I'm just a sucker for Instagram advertising um what's her name Caroline O'Donoghue's have you ever yes. read any of hers? No, no. But I want to I... read the Scenes of a Graphic Nature one. Okay, cool. Let me um, know how you get on with it. I think she, I seen her post, I saw her post that, she, that came out just before lockdown or came out on paperback just before lockdown or something, you know, she didn't get a proper launch of it, um, blah, blah, blah. So I've seen her doing a bit of publicity for it on Instagram and because obviously as we've mentioned, listening to Sentimental in the City, got a bit of background about her. So I, I would like to give that a go. And then also one on the non-fiction vibes that I have been meaning to get for ages. Um, Don't know how it'll go down. Don't know if it's a bit... If, I don't actually know if it will be academic or not. You know, one of those ones. But the laws of human nature... Mm-hmm. I wanted to get that for quite a while and I finally ordered it so mm-hmm. just those those are two that at the top of my pile at the minute um do you have any books that you're looking forward to anything you've ordered I do well I actually just picked up I have both of these books already and I actually have started reading both of them as well um so one of them is the comfort book by Matt Haig Matt Haig mm-hmm. who we've mentioned before but um he has written this book and it's kind of it's exactly what what it says in the tin it's a comfort book so um it's he has written little passages of kind of things that are like comforting to read and reassuring to read um and um they you know there's there's various different kind of they take various different forms so one of them I'm gonna read now just because it's actually quite short so some of the pages in the book are like a paragraph long um and they are paragraphs of comfort or whatever that are written out and then some of the the some of the chapters are actual stories about like people who were able to overcome things because they had like that last little shred of hope and things like that so um it's just a really reassuring read but the the passage I have here is called it's entitled pizza it goes like this the sky isn't more beautiful if you have perfect skin music doesn't sound more interesting if you have a six-pack dogs aren't better company if you're famous pizza tastes good regardless of your job title 
the best of life exists beyond the things we are encouraged to crave which obviously is just such a nice wow. reminder of the things that are actually important isn't it um and then equally there was another so from what I've read and I'm about halfway through the book there was um a story about a, a lady whose parents were zoologists and um they were involved herself and her mother were in a plane crash and her mother actually passed and she um where the plane crashed she came out like fell with her the seat that she was sitting in in the plane fell into the rainforest and had to get herself out of the rainforest she was only 17 at the time and was just trying to remember all of the advice that her, she kind of picked up from her parents but it was kind of that last shred of hope getting her through it and it talks about like how she remembered various bits that her like bits of advice that her parents gave her and things like that so there's lots of like interest and we tidbits bits in it as well it's just a very interesting like, it's a nice we read like I feel like it's something that you definitely could read on your staycation or your summer holiday um and probably come away feeling quite positive and and reassured and then um the other book that I'm reading at the minute is definitely traditionally a holiday read um so it's called The Shelf by Helly Acton and so the concept is uh there's a girl what's her name I think her name's Emily I want to say that might be wrong because I'm reading it at the minute but she the main character in it um is she's in her early 30s she's with this guy who's like not good for he's not a nice guy and you get that impression pretty early on she has friends who are married and friends who are having babies and stuff and she kind of feels that pressure of um getting married and having kids and moving on with her life and she's kind of taking this attitude of like well he's the only one you know I can't leave him because if I leave him I have to start from scratch and that's not going to work um which I do think is quite a common thing in like when women kind of get to their late 20s or early 30s and they do want to have kids so she 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 kind of has it in her head that she has to stay with this guy and he's not nice to her and then he so this happens very early on in the book it's no spoilers but basically he says he's going to take her on holidays he's like pack up your bags um it's going to be such a treat like whatever and uh he bring he takes her out and there's a limo outside the house and she's like oh he's definitely going to propose like obviously why would he have got a limo so she, he brings her in this limo and like puts a blindfold on her and everything and he's like it's a big surprise blah 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 so then she kind of starts going, okay, this is kind of scary. Like, I don't really like this, but okay. Like it must be part of the surprise. You're going to be a big party. He's going to propose to me. It's going to be amazing. And then she steps out of the limo and goes into this place. And next thing she hears, like, you have been left on the shelf. She And he's like, right. He has left her in this reality TV show where people, where boyfriends leave their partners that they don't want oh anymore. Uh huh. So it's obviously, it's quite funny. It's quite tongue in cheek, but it's also very, like, it's very good. Like it was like, it's a really interesting concept. It's kind of like big brother. They do all these tasks to prove that they're like an adequate partner and a good mother and a good wife. Um, oh, uh-huh. but the thing is, if they win it, they win a million pounds, which obviously you'd be like, sweet, I'll do it. Yeah. And even just for appearing on the show, you get £10,000, which is why they all stay. Because obviously you would think, uh, I'm not staying, that's so humiliating. But that's yeah. why they stay because of the money. Um, so I'm probably about a third of the way through it and it is very good. And I feel like it would be a very good, like, by the pool read. Aye. Uh, so yeah so those are my book recommendations I do have a couple of other random recommendations go ahead so one is a bit local so if you're not from Northern Ireland or near Northern Ireland or if you're not coming to Northern Ireland for a wee staycation and why not they did such great work with the Discover NI campaign (laughs) Discover NI is what I meant to say (laughs) 
Do you remember that one? Was that no. one Discover an I or was that an Irish one? I, I don't know. I don't I'll, I'll send it to you after. People who do remember, please tweet me so that Corey knows that I'm not crazy. The place that I want to recommend is actually, it's based in Newcastle. Um, so like Newcastle County Down, which actually isn't super far from where I live. Um, and they have a pop-up quite near where I live. So that's how I discovered them. And they're called Pizza Unami. And honestly, it's the best. And I, oh. I have done the legwork on this, guys. It's the best pizza I've ever had in my life. It's so, so good. So if you happen to be in that area or if you happen to be coming up for a holiday or for a wedding or something pizza nami is good stuff okay uh they also do vegan pepperoni which like normally gives me the ick sorry like and I know people are gonna be okay Rachel judgy but it normally I just think I'm like gross don't know what I even what it's made of and I say this as a vegetarian but this one's actually very delightful and I'm a huge fan so uh yeah pizza nami brilliant then a couple of instagram accounts to follow while we're yeah i actually do i'm thinking of an instagram i could oh have you got an instagram yeah go Um, ahead so two that i have um two very they're related to each other one is the leopard um which we've mentioned before and then the other one is hannah gale who is one half of the leopard team so they have very similar recommendations to the kind of things that we would recommend so books fashion um podcast tv series all of that stuff so while we're offline hopefully they'll keep you going so and, and yeah we, it's on the it's like every day they post as yeah, well isn't yeah it? exactly yeah. and you can follow through so they do all the little posts on instagram and on instagram stories but then if you follow the links and stuff you can read there's bigger articles and stuff on their blogs um it's just it's it's yeah good good stuff good content but sorry Corey, what was your recommendation for instagram so this, I have literally been like recommending this guy for so long to like anyone who will listen to me. And I don't know, maybe he's not for everyone and that's why no one is like picking me up on it. But like, I just love his vibes. Uh-huh. Um, he's, I don't know if you follow him. He's called Jerry Labs. <laughs> Do you follow him? No. Do you follow him? I, I don't. I did. I don't oh, anymore. Oh. Um, I just, I personally, and I really, really don't want to like slag him off because we've already done our negative section. But for me, he just posted a lot of stories and a lot of talking stories, which <laughs> if you're if you're the kind of person who doesn't, I don't really like talking stories. I prefer for it to be like a visual. And visual, text. yeah. Um, so if you don't like talking stories, you, you mightn't like him so much. But I know that's so funny that you like him so much because our friend Chelsea loves him too. She Rachel, thinks he he's does so funny. Belters, like uh-huh. he does. He does a really. He is. He's funny a very one. funny guy. Just if you're, it, for me personally, it's not my kind of Instagram. No, he, I, I know what you mean. Funny. He talks a lot and a lot. To be honest, there's a lot that I skip through unless I see a caption that interests me. But he does uh-huh. right. Uh, I've seen him do this a few times now. He's so he's like, where's he from? He's from Northern Ireland somewhere. He's from Belfast, no? Near Ballymena. No, he's oh, not is he? Belfast. I thought he was from Belfast. No, he's not. He's he was at the Ballymena to get his vaccine, anyway. So we must be at from the Ballymena. The Ballymena. <laughs> no, I was about to say the Ballymena vaccination center, but I know that's not like an official term. So. Uh, anyway, he's from that general area, but he like I just think he's so funny. Like he does. Have you ever seen him do like name that tune? No. I must. Oh, I maybe refollow him. I be howling. So he do, like he's. I've seen him do this twice, and both times I was in convulsions laughing. Like, like, like. Hey guys, I'm just popping on here. Um, I heard this song today on Radio One, and they played it at about um 17 minutes past 11 this morning. And I did wait in the car to see if they would name the artist or the song, and they unfortunately didn't. So I'm just putting it out here. Does anybody know this song? 
and it goes like oh my god that's, then, but that's what you do is that why you think it's funny <laughs> no I just think he's really good at delivering it and it's so like he did one and the song was this I still remember the song can't remember who it was by but the song was called lucid dreams but he did it and then he was like people were like putting in suggestions he was, he was like mm, no it's not that no it's not that it's not and then he was like I will literally PayPal a tenor to whoever can tell me this song like uh-huh. someone tell me and then someone got it and he was so buzzed and I was so happy for him so um, fun story about Corey fun. when we were in do I still do that I know I do no you haven't done we were it in, in a Spain while. to our native Spanish speaking friend we would hear uh-huh. a song on a night out and we'd be like Christina what's that song that goes mm, and she'd be like guys come on give me something else here like I can't just yeah yeah what's the song that goes like this is the thing that's like I a few weeks ago I really I was listening to Q radio and they were playing um a song by what do you call that band I don't I they're a massive band Irish um everyone loves them I just don't picture this picture this <laughs> you got it from that but the, the <laughs> song was like it was like and, Cor- and I said it to Chelsea and she was like and obviously Chelsea knows music like she she's quite like but she's cool with her music choices like to be fair yeah, yeah but yeah. like I was like it goes like da-da-da-da and she's like what does that mean I was like like and then he says <laughs> most of the sentence and then it cuts and then he says the last word and I literally couldn't find it. Only the Q Radio published their playlists. I went back and found it. Because at the start, I actually thought it was by years and years. Doesn't sound like it's by years and years at all. But keep in mind, I don't know any music. So I was like, oh, it's by years and years. Like, uh. um, So this song was by Picture This. And it was, because you probably know it. And you'd be like, Rachel, that's not remotely the sound you just made. Hold on, let me find it. Oh, for God's sake, let me see whether I have it on my Spotify. I don't know if I know a lot. Troublemaker. Oh yeah, yeah, and I, it's like I, I got a lot of stuff to do, but that can effing wait. And the only reason I'm blanking <laughs> that is because oh, I don't want to censor it out later. <laughs> I'm not a baby; I know how to say the effort um, <laughs> and other words. <laughs> but yeah, Corey, when we lived together in 2014, 2015, she was like, "Here, do you know this song?" Oh, I yeah, know. you're pretty. <laughs> Your face is work. <laughs> and now every time I hear that song, I just hear you going, Do you know this song? Yeah, you're pretty. <laughs> I love that this episode is absolutely transcended into chaos. So I was like, Absolute Hey guys, chaos. I might give you a bit of extra time at the end. It might be a slightly longer episode. We're one hour and a bit. We're one hour and a half and a bit. I'm not going to tell you how much because we'll be editing. But, um, and we're just singing songs at this stage so that's that's the point good fun though but no jerry laughs follow him for a wee laugh he's he's good crack like and he does he just does some funny stuff very good um i have one more actual uh like show and tell um yeah i should have actually brought the thing to show but anyway um i have one more show and tell and then the the last one we'll we'll get to it so um so the show and tell that I have is for I would recommend it for anyone who follows me on Instagram which is all the friends and family who are listening thank you so much um but they, <laughs> <laughs> they'll have seen that I got a new diary um because last oh, yeah, year I, I gave up uh-huh, I gave up on my diary because obviously the whole year got cancelled um so I bought a diary in July last year 
Um, so it started in August or whatever, and that was my my diary. So I had to buy a new mid year. So I'm now on like academic year instead of standard Ooh. year. I know, and I love my diaries. I use my day to day diary planner. So where you put your appointments and your like what you're doing that day and all of that. I use that as not as a personal diary. I don't do the whole dear diary thing. I used to when I was younger I don't do it anymore so what I do instead is I use my planner and in my planner I write down um like I'll stick in pictures of things like events I've been to with friends and I'll like write down the friends I saw that week that I spent time with um and like I'll write down ideas for gifts for people and think just things like that I'll just write down different bits and I've taken to like writing down like podcasts and following like what podcasts and books and movies I watched that year just so that I can look back and be like oh yeah I was reading that at that time and you know that kind of thing so it's it's kind of um I kind of record stuff in in my diary as well as using it practically so the company that I bought my last two diaries from our company on Etsy really small I think it's pretty much just one girl and it's called Lilla Designs so L-I-L-L-A Designs um, Mm -hmm. and I'll link it in the show notes but if you are the kind of person who loves the idea of a bullet journal but does not have the time or creative ability (laughs) to do it which is that's the description of me by the way you should buy one of these diaries because basically it's a pre-made bullet journal and it's not dated so you can start it at any time and it's a great way of kind of keeping yourself in that like flow of having a bullet journal and keeping records of things and putting photos in your diary and doing all of that without having to think ahead and like do your own design of a diary which obviously is quite overwhelming so yeah so it's Lilla Designs L-I-L-L-A Designs on um Etsy I think they also do have an Instagram as well but I will link them in the show notes um so if you like that do you have a Insta here Uh uh-huh and then um finally my last show and tell is not a show and tell at all it's just to tell you to follow who you love on Twitter because while we are offline we will still be on there we'll still be monitoring it and we might share a couple of bits and pieces um while we're on our summer break we might even share a couple of pictures of our summer break um oh we might actually finally we had intended unfortunately we had we had a bit of a uh, scheduling error but we were actually going to have a wrap party for the podcast so we will do that at some point and when we do we'll maybe put up as they're not too messy we'll put up a couple of pictures on there too um so yeah so that's Oh, roll on. That's a wrap, Corey, on season one of Who You Lovin'. I can't believe it's been 10 episodes. It's been 10 episodes. We've been doing this. We started, we recorded our first episode of the season in February this year. And we're now at the nearly the end of July. So um, fair play to us. <laughs> um, so yeah, have you anything to say? Any any worldly Famous advice for the no. listeners for the last episode? I, I, I really don't. Um... Looking forward to summer break. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Some staycation, some summer fun, some annual leave. Uh-huh. Hopefully a reunion or two. Brilliant, yes. Same. Um, and look forward to season two. Yes, me too. And uh we'll leave you on some advice that Corey gave me circa uh twenty Oh Lord. Maybe twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen. Take it easy. And if you get it easy, take it twice. Thanks, guys. <laughs>